You know what that music means? It, it means it's time for the Film Pigs to talk about movies on the Film Pigs podcast, which is a podcast in which the Film Pigs talk about movies. It's, it's movie talking time with the Film Pigs. I'm this week's host, Todd Anderson. And I'm Steve Skelton. I'm Stephen Falk. And uh, we always like to start uh, the podcast off with some cutting edge, up to the minute, incredibly informative movie news that has a theme song that goes like this. Adam Blower, buddy. Yay. Yay for Adam. All right, it's movie news. We're gonna we're gonna talk movie news. Things we've seen in the news that piqued our interest, and hopefully they'll pique yours as well. Uh, Steve Skelton, what do you got for us? Um, uh, this episode, I have an interesting piece of movie news that uh, the claim by the new bland Conan the Barbarian. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is R rated. Uh, which is uh, that's the only that's the only thing I'm excited about. But uh, he claimed that Jason Momoa, 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 Momoa. Is that the is that an actor? That's the actor. Yeah. He's, he's, he's Conan. He claims that uh, he's n- never seen the original uh, Conan, uh, the Barbarian uh, movie. That, that seems it, like an incredibly unimportant yeah. uh, point for him <laughs> but, to make. And, but additionally, he even says, like, everybody in the cast hasn't seen it. Like him and Stephen Lang and Rachel Nichols, who are also in the movie. Oh, no, we've never seen... The, he makes it... And this is the... People... Actors do this all the time in, like, remakes, and it's annoying. It's yeah. basically just saying as an actor, it's like, I'm an actor, and I don't watch movies. I think Stephen Lang was in <laughs> the original <laughs> why why not watch the original it can't hurt he yeah. said it came out when i was two years old my mom i was raised by a single mother she told us we're not watching orgies and seeing people getting their heads cut off at that time and there's no <laughs> way that time. that he could have watched it on video yeah, after in the that intervening fact. years yes, yeah, yeah. he was he's been terrified of it ever ever since steve falk what's your news bit so uh just really great news that i read is uh Cusack and Cage are back together again. Fuck off. Not since Con Air. They're they're teaming up for the frozen ground where Cusack plays a serial killer in Alaska and Cage a determined state trooper who hunts him down. (laughs) In in a crazy wig. I think that that sounds fun. Cusack is a is a deranged serial killer. Oh, oh yeah, in Alaska, yeah. which, which you have to be a really like industrial serial well, killer to find. Well, people I, think yeah. I think it's based on a true story, and I think basically he uh, he he kidnaps women and then lets them go for hunting, for oh, lady sounds, hunting. Yeah. Oh, it's like most dangerous game. Yeah. And, well, and I think that was lady hunting. I think was the working lady title. hunting, but extra misogynistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I hope Steve Buscemi's in it as well. What about you, Tom? Uh, I've got uh, this interesting uh, news bit. Uh, Dimension has uh, decided to make a sequel to Bad Santa. And really? they um, hired uh, two different writers to write two different scripts simultaneously. Um, and the idea was they would pick the better one, which seems cruel and rude, but that's and, what and, they did. An uh, uh, alarming waste of resources. Yes, yeah. but as it turns out, both the scripts are really, really good, and Billy Bob Thornton likes both of them. So now they're talking about making back-to-back Bad Santa sequels, a la The Matrix and Back to the Future. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Although I think think as uh, connected uh, movies, the Bad Santa, separate Bad Santa features, will make more sense than The Matrix sequels. That's probably true. I I just don't don't know if you can... uh, When I hear Billy Bob Thornton like something these days, I'm not sure that's a recommendation. 
or cause to spend money. Well, it's just, it it was sort of Dimension approached him and he's like, yeah, I want to make another Bad Santa movie. And I don't know, I guess he's Bad Santa, so he has to be excited about it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so the tiny little thing I read, uh, just last piece of movie news is that, uh, Heather, uh, Matarazzo, you know, from welcome Wiener from welcome to the dollhouse. Oh yeah. yeah. Is getting married to her, is her longtime girlfriend. And I thought that was very nice because New York, you know, started, uh, the gay marriage a couple days ago. And, uh, I think that's great. Just a little shout out. That is awesome. To uh, and now they can watch, uh, her scene in, uh, death scene in hostel two together as a married couple. (laughs) Right on. Very exciting. Um, got a uh, new special feature this week. Um, it's called "Getting Shit Off Our Chests." Not, uh, not literally. Not literally shit. It's so not. It's not the Jeff Goldblum <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. Chuck. It's Berry. not a Chuck Berry thing. No, it's uh, we're getting shit off our chests, and what it's about is um, there are little details, little things about maybe particular movies or movies in general that bother us that we don't hear anyone else talking about or, or very few people talking about, and we want to get them out there. Um, so I'll start. Um, my One of mine is uh, the, the X-Men, the new X-Men movie. Uh, the X-Men, uh, to me, the the whole comic book and the, and the movies and everything is, is sort of an allegory about, about racism. Um, and uh, the new movie introduced... Uh, uh, a whole swath of new characters, only two of which were minorities. Mm-hmm. All of them were white right. except for two. Uh, one uh, within uh, the probably the first third of the movie turned bad, and the other one, as that minority character turned bad, was instantly killed, that, leaving that, all the living uh, good X Men. Uh, no, no, as, no, no. As, the as one that ones. was killed wasn't. Didn't turn bad. He was just a minority. Right. No, 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 I said, said one he was turned one bad, turned one bad and the other one oh, got okay. killed thought, okay, as yeah. that one turned yeah. bad. That was the black fella. Yeah, the black fella, yeah. and then there was a Latina girl who, who, turned, who bad. turned bad. Yeah. So all the new X-Men, all the good ones, Are, were white. white. And and that agitated me. Or were white what... and exceedingly mumbly. Well, yeah, there was that. <laughs> that. S- side note, that uh, that actor, the, the, the black fella, I saw him in a, a play with Gary Cole called Superior Donuts. Down at the Mark Tabor Forum recently, and he was fucking excellent. Oh yeah, yeah he, he was, was the lead. Well, he was the. Yeah. He was the uh, I can't remember his, the actor's name, but he was the uh, the the Mormon doctor on House on that run when he had all the all the how, all the doctors. And yeah, he was Mormon making doctor. Him, yeah, he was making sure. him jump through their hoops. Yeah, and he was he was I thought he was really great on that too. House yeah, and I'm his not, hoops. I, I, the killing one of the best actors early in the film is a Bad completely idea. different issue anyway. But just the fact that what the X Men is supposed to be about and yeah. what that movie did and no one mentioned it anywhere as far as I could tell. Um, uh, that bothered me, and uh, I wanted to get that, that off that. my chest. I'm Thanks for listening. Did. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve Falk, what do you, what, uh, what's yours? I have uh, two tiny ones, and then one slightly bigger one that people do talk about, but it still bothers me a lot. Uh, one thing that really bugs me is the use of five 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 for telephone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually encountered this in in Weeds uh, on on the TV show I work on. They made me they wanted me to use a five 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 number, so I enterprisingly I thought got a Google Voice number. From the area code where my ah. this character was supposed to be, and uh, suggested I use that, yeah, and I was told you had no. The number, yeah. I yeah. was told I yeah. couldn't. Why? Because what if it goes away someday, and then someone owns it in the future, and someone's watching the DVD and starts harassing them? They could open themselves to liability. 
I was like, Google isn't going anywhere. I will have this number as long as I check in every nine months in perpetuity. That was not good enough for them. So I cut the phone number rather than use a 555 <laughs> number because I will never, ever, like, ever use it. What's your one. phone number? I will write it down for you and fold it up and hand it to you on this piece of paper. <laughs> Is it all because of that Jenny yes. song by Tommy and then the, or whatever? The, the other day I was no, shooting... No, because that's not a 555. I guess uh, it is. It actually. is. It is. Yeah. People called yeah, people I was call, shooting yeah. another... Uh, I was shooting another... Because other people use it. It can be done. Other people use non-555 numbers. Yeah. It's all over the place. Something has to work. But my legal department couldn't figure it out. The other day we were shooting a different episode and someone handed someone a card that I wrote in the script to make up. I looked at the card. I was like, what? It's fucking 555. So I, I can't use the card. <laughs> fucking annoys me. So, sorry, that was... Uh, second, I hate when people say, all right, so we'll, I'll meet you later. And hang up and don't say oh, where they're going to meet. Oh, that was mine. That was one of oh, mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> when, when people don't say don't goodbye at the yes, end of a phone yes, conversation. That's, huge, that's yes. one of mine. Makes and, me nuts. Anyway, We're just uh, assholes to each other on the phone. My main thing is the overuse of pop songs in uh, in movies. Uh, just in, to replace this, ri- writing or... Yeah. Or acting a or pop, proper storytelling. A pop song montage. Well, I especially pop popular song, pop song montages. Popular, yeah. well, the like, same ones. Like, uh, here's yeah. a quick list. Who lets the do- who let the dog out? <laughs> Low rider, bad to the bone. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give me some lovin'. All star. I feel good. Walking on sunshine. Paper planes. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> ABC and kung fu fighting. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a. Don't song. use them anymore. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, Skelton, what do you got? Well, that was, yeah, one of mine was the the phone conversations that end abruptly. As soon as the character gets the information they need, they just hang up like a dick on whoever they're talking (laughs) to. Instead of saying, thanks, and I'll talk to you later. Goodbye, like human beings actually do. (laughs) Um, But my other one is, it's a similar thing that happens all the time. And uh, it's it's whenever uh, any character goes into a bar and just says, give me a beer or a scotch uh-huh. and then magically gets, you know, the exact the scotch or beer that they want without specifying what they're asking and, for. And no one ever says, oh, this sucks. I hate this yeah. beer. I don't yeah. drink well scotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no one ever goes in and says, you know, give me the uh, 93 unchill filter Glenroths right. uh, double well, Because meat. that's a whole legality thing, like the five yeah. nonsense legality. Yeah, well, it's because you don't want to um, either. But the thing is, like with that, with that, that's even less of a problem because if you say, "Hey, I, you know, I want a Bud Light," you can probably just go to Bud Light and they'll say yes because we want the advertising. Or you say, because they did it actually in the Star Trek reboot. They actually did say specified at the bar, um, like Bud Light. Or they made some science. Well, they probably made they beer. made a deal with they, Bud Light yeah, so they could deal. use their brewery as their engine room. Or, 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 right. or, or well, you'll yeah, say like, true. "I'd like a, I'd like a nice, uh, neat Glen Carhunking." Yeah. Just make one <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, a Glen Carhunking. That's a good solid point. Make up yeah, a brand. Yeah, just, just make, make up, up a brand. brand. Those yeah, are all very know. good. I like those. I got one more before we move on. It's uh, not. Uh, it's a mine is again a very specific thing. It's specific to uh, Super Eight, and it bothered me. I know Super Eight was uh, you know an homage to Spielberg films, one of which was obviously ET. So what they wrote this overbearing military, and they kind of painted them as cold assholes. 
when in that particular movie, what the military was doing was one of the things that made the most sense in that movie <laughs> because that was a terrifying monster that was destroying things, catching people, and eating. holding them as hostage, and then eating them. <laughs> the military was heroic in that movie, <laughs> not the monsters that, you know, in E.T. it made sense because E.T. was sweet and he didn't want to hurt anybody and they yeah. were being assholes to him and killing him yeah. for no reason. Yeah, but in e. this movie... E.T. didn't eat a torso. <laughs> but the, in this movie, the military was good and doing the right thing and I didn't understand why The problem why is no, no Emmerich has terrible skin on his uh, on his face and so thus he was evil. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, I that's see. how yeah, you... That's yeah, why. Yeah, that's, that's a good... Why. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good solid point. Maybe that was terrible my own childhood uh, skin issues <laughs> equals evil. It's epidermis casting. <laughs> <laughs> it's how almost has a career. <laughs> Uh, uh, Super 8 actually is uh, kind of a, a good segue into uh, our topic, our theme uh, this week. I wanted to talk about uh, live action family films. Um, and uh, it, when I say live action, that also includes movies with animated characters where the animated characters exist in a, you know, a real world environment where they use practical sets and it's not, you know, paintings. Just some live, um, there's live people in there somewhere. Yeah, there, and there's yeah. live people, yeah. 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 Uh, so um, I, I didn't have a lot of time to do a tremendous amount of research, so I'm sort of going from memory here. Um, but I've been watching, because I have a five-year-old, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, family movies, and it's sort of difficult to navigate my way through what's appropriate and inappropriate. So I, I generally try to keep it G and PG. And... and you know, animated films, especially, you know, Pixar, Cars 2 notwithstanding, have kind of set a, a, a higher bar for animated family movies. Those are some of the best movies that come out every year. Like this year, I think Kung Fu Panda 2 is actually one of the better movies I've seen all year. Um, but live action family films, that that's not so much the case. And I, I feel like there was a, during the 80s, there was sort of a, you know, a, kind of a heyday of family films but i was thinking about a lot of the stuff that i watched on video um when i was a kid and a lot of it was old disney stuff you know from the 60s uh, swiss family robinson right, yeah. and a lot a lot of movies with kurt russell and stuff like that darn cat and uh the escape shaggy to witch mountain escape to wish mountain is a great one that i just rewatched. the shaggy da not the remake with the rock no yeah. no and then, of course, you know, the, the, the more classic films like, you know, Mary Poppins. But I was thinking a lot about, you know, as far as the early stuff goes, That Darn Cat and The Shaggy DA and stuff like that really were kind of B-movies, B-movies made for families that maybe, uh, you know, I'm not really sure about this, but I theorize it's, you know, kids who'd grown up going to drive-ins and going to exploitation films and drive-ins suddenly were in their 20s and had kids and could still go to drive-ins. So Disney's putting out these B movies with Kurt Russell and stuff right. as sort of a so you can still take your still go to the drive-in and take your kids and a lot of that stuff was cool. I mean, it, it's not none of it's great filmmaking, uh, you know, uh, but a lot of it is certainly fun. Um, and Steve Falk uh, again, I think I mentioned this, uh, you know, in our one of our vlogs or the last podcast or something, talking about Super Eight. He said that the movie was lacking a certain sense of wonder. And, uh, and I agree with that. It sort of had a cold, you know, too calculated veneer to it. 
And I was thinking about a lot of these old movies and some of the new ones that I'm watching. And I'm a sucker for them. <laughs> I really am a sucker for family movies. I get tend to get choked up at the end when they get cheap and sentimental. Even though, you know, I, as a man, I, I guess I'm not supposed to. You are not supposed to feel as a man. <laughs> but... But then I was thinking about after those movies, then uh, came uh, the Muppets in, in, in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and, and Sesame Street, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and those were some of the first uh, shows and movies to sort of integrate um, uh, something for the adults where they're winking at the adults with certain jokes and and certain movie stars and pop references and whatever while still being very entertaining for kids. So it's not something that an adult's just going to shut off and not pay attention well, to. Well, like picking up where like uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, exactly. In the 40s and 50s. Yeah, exactly. Like Absolutely. And uh, so I was thinking about that and I, f- I feel like that was sort of a, a bridge into a, a lot of... And then Star Wars, of course was this action-adventure film that it was okay to take five-year-olds to. Um, and it had that certain sense of wonder. Um, whether it's a great film or not is sort of beside the point. It was entertaining for yeah. everybody. And I think that's no, I was sort five. of... I was five when I yeah, saw it. Yeah, I was five, yeah. 77. And I think that and then E.T. Uh, and those two movies sort of created this renaissance in the 80s of family movies. There were a lot of adventure movies. Yeah, like family adventure. Uh, yeah, family yeah. adventure. Like I recently watched Flight of the Navigator, yeah. which oh, is uh, oh, yeah. uh, um, just a kid who looks somewhat like Henry Thomas you- who winds up piloting a, a spaceship, spaceship that's voiced by, by, by Paul Herman. Or yeah. Explorers or Space Camp. Yeah, I love Explorers. Or um, what's the one with the, the guy who flies on the big uh, white beast? Oh, Never Ending Story. Never Ending Story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, Dark and the, Crystal. Yeah, and Goonies, Labyrinth, of course. Yeah, yeah, Goonies. absolutely. And there was a lot of good stuff in the 80s. And then that sort of kind of dissipated. And I think a, a big reason for that is the PG-13 rating sort of took over and and it became family-friendly to take your kids to things that are not necessarily appropriate. Yeah. Because, Transformers. Because, yeah, and I mean, at the time, it came out of Gremlins and, and Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and yeah. the Temple of Doom. And even Raiders of the Lost Ark really was way too intense for small children. And so then, as PG-13 movies became the big money makers, the... The family adventure dried up, and mm-hmm. uh, and then now it seems like family movies, for the most part, are aging, you know, action stars and aging comedians who once had edgy movie careers, doing family friendly movies right. um, that are PG rated and are usually have some high concept that kids can relate to. But they try to they try to play that game that the Muppets succeeded at that that Star Wars succeeded at, where they're appealing to adults, you know, while also appealing to children. Like The Rock, Vin Diesel, Ice Cube. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the thing that I've noticed about those, and I have you know I have a few examples here, it, it, like Popper's Penguins, which we saw and we uh-huh. talked about. That movie is, while the penguins are certainly appealing to a child. I mean, we watched it with Colby. Every time the penguins were dancing yeah. or whatever. Or, or shitting or on directly on or, Jim Carrey's yeah, whatever, whatever they were doing. In, a, in an extremely alarmingly graphical manner. Yes. It, well, it's, and it's not about the inappropriateness of the humor necessarily. I'm just talking about the penguin. When the penguins were on screen, the right. kid was engaged. And 
that's engaging to a kid. But, uh, you know, as adults, we're like, meh, cartoon penguins. Meh, yeah. I don't really care. And then when they're not on screen, it's it's about real estate and getting and buying and selling real estate, which to some adults, I'm sure, is very interesting. But it's, it's not even something a kid can grasp. So instead of creating a hybrid where adults can enjoy with what the kids are enjoying, it's here's a scene for the adults well, and here's a scene for the kids. And imagine that was the same way. Imagine that the Eddie Murphy movie oh, which was right. about a little yeah. girl who had imaginary friends who could predict the markets. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain the market to my five-year-old kid. I don't even it's, understand the uh, yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I do. It's a giant scam. What is the what is the Adam Sandler movie? Didn't he do one Bedtime, bedtime Stories? Bedtime Stories was yeah. more, I thought, was more effective. Because uh, Bedtime Stories was really, uh, you know, a retread of Billy Madison, but with uh, kid-friendly elements to it oh. and cutting out the raunchy humor. It wasn't great. But he was a. That's the difference. In Popper's Penguins, the original book is about an artist who has no money and he needs money. And then these penguins show up, and because they're dancing penguins, they make him money. So that's. I would rather story. have seen that. that but but a kid understands what an artist does. Yeah. He paints, and he yeah. under, and a kid can understand. Oh, he doesn't have any money. He can't eat. He understand those concepts, process that, and so can adults. He can't understand. Uh, he needs to impress Angela Lansbury, who owns the uh, tavern <laughs> the on the green, and uh, and she only wants to give it to someone who has a family. Right, right. The kid's like, I don't. Fight. Where are the penguins? Well, that's yeah. You that's kind of like yeah. That's the and, thing. and just bedtime stories. To get back to that, that was a little bit because he was just a guy who liked working in hotels, you know, and and a kid understands what hotels are. Hotels mm-hmm. are when. When you're young, hotels are exciting places yeah. to go to. You're sleeping in a place that isn't your home. It's it's yeah. something a kid can relate to. And and yeah, that stuff's bolted yeah. down. It's weird. And there's yeah. and there's very clear bad guys in that movie who are the bosses and have the power. And Adam Sandler's the janitor, and he doesn't. But you know it, that was more effective. But in the Adam Sandler camp, there also comes Zookeeper, which is basically an Adam Sandler romantic comedy about a fat guy who is you know trying to impress a rich chick but it also has talking animals you know what i mean but it's not a movie about a guy relating to talking animals right it's a movie that it's like once in a while he goes to the scene of the fun talking animals and then goes off to do like annoying boring adult well it's also about a guy it's about a guy who is embarrassed of working in the zoo so he wants to become a car salesman to impress the girl Right, which makes right. no sense. Right, yeah, like like working in a zoo is way cooler. <laughs> yeah, than little, a car salesman. A child would car salesman no, makes more money. A kid mind. would never relate to that. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, but that's the other thing. I mean, that's a movie about a guy trying to trade up his societal stature, you know, to get a girl. It's too heady for me. It's, yeah, it's I like don't. it's like a guy's like, well, I want to I want to give up, you know, my laser tag franchise and become a paralegal. Exactly. Yeah, what kids going to be like, why? <laughs> That's you know? stupid. And the, the other awesome thing when I was watching Zookeeper with Colby because they have you know, Rosario Dawson plays the other zookeeper who just loves animals and just loves Kevin James for who he is. The fact that she's ludicrously hot. You know, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. She's the other girl? She's the Bill Pullman in this movie? Yes. <laughs> Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. The, like, hottest person on the planet. Yes. Is the is the one that he doesn't see and, and the, as, right, as right. the one he's supposed to be And the cunty, with. bitchy, blonde chick is the one that he loves. Right. 
It's fucking retarded. Yeah. But I asked Colby at a certain point because it was clear I, that's where it was going. When we're done with this podcast, let's get Kevin Jones. <laughs> I looked at Colby and I said, hey, Colby, do you think maybe, um, you know, the zookeeper should maybe go with the, the girl who works with at the zoo? She seems to really like animals and what he does. And Colby looked at me and said, no, no, he should be with the blonde chick. That's who he likes. And I was like, okay, this when this movie flips around at the end, he's, he's not going to yeah. care. Yeah. Because it's it should be about talking animals. At least he didn't say, uh, oh, no, he should like the white woman. <laughs> that would have been disturbing. That, then you would have done some, been doing something well, terribly wrong no, as a yeah, father. Yeah. I hope we're not raising a racist accidentally. Um, the accidentally no, racist. Dad, dad, the racist should not but, mix. But the, but the point what are you is, crazy? Is, uh, yeah, the point is, is in a, a movie That's what about, you taught me, Dad. Yeah, in a movie about talking animals, it shouldn't be about you know being blind to true love because you're worried about your... It should be about talking animals. Just because yeah. I'm never going to see it. It should, it should does, be about talking he, animals on an adventure. Please tell me he ends up with a Dawson. Yes, he runs up with Rosario And he quits the car. And please tell me uh, him and the gorilla wrap apple bottom jeans more than once <laughs> on the way to the commercial tie in TGI Fridays? Uh, or just once? It was just the. Well, okay. I think there's some stuff in the credits. Is there a Bloomin' Onion uh, joke? Or Awesome Blossom? I don't think there was a Bloomin' Onion joke. God they had it. a good. Good time. Look, they only Applebee's. had so much running time, Steve. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah, he DVD was just—he was just served a big plate of bananas. The the ape. Bloomin' bananas. That would have been a good joke. Yeah, bloomin' bananas. Um, so actually, it wouldn't have been a good joke. Sort. And here's okay. Here's here's my sort of theory because PG thirteen has kind of Super Eight should have been a PG movie. I think mm-hmm. Captain America should have been a PG yeah. movie. Okay. Certainly the first Fantastic Four movie should have been a PG movie. The second one actually was PG, but the first one was PG-13. Yeah. Um, Captain America so, had too many people exploding into blue mist. Right. But it didn't need that. Uh-huh. You know, it could have been... Oh, could, I see. Okay. You can yeah. make a fun a PG-rated adventure film, as they did in the You 80s. could have done a PG George, Captain America. Bo- both, okay. both George Lucas and... Because it's uh, really about Steve's, bonking people with the shield than yeah, making them design. Right. It's not. It's, it's yeah. a little hard. Yeah. Anyway. Spielberg in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. You know, Jaws notwithstanding. Close Encounters, E.T., a lot of the movies he produced... Uh, Batters Not Included. Batters Not Included. Gremlin, well, Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. Uh, well, not Gremlins. Not That's Gremlins. not a good so example. It was, yeah. It's a horror movie. But the... the the stuff that was adventure had that certain sense of wonder, and it was for families. It wasn't, you know, for parents and their teenage, young teenage kids. It was for entire families that you could go to. Yeah. And he created the PG-13 rating, really, so he could get away with selling hardcore violence to families. Was that indie? Uh, yeah. Temple of, Doom, yeah. Temple of Doom and Gremlins were the well, ones... Well, Temple of Doom was, was the t- first, wasn't that it? That was the... F- actually, or when it was... first came out, it was rated PG. By the time it left the theaters, I think it But wasn't Temple of Doom the first PG-13 movie? Y- yeah. But we're yeah. talking about ripping a heart out of someone just to... Right? Isn't yes. Ripping yeah, yeah, yeah. Ripping the heart yeah, out yeah, of someone's he, chest. Yeah, he yeah. jammed the arm That was PG. Well, and also, yeah, when it first came out. But by the time... The PG-13 rating came while it was in the theater, so... But I... My point is it's sort of ironic that Steven Spielberg, who became a legend uh, because of his family-friendly adventures, ultimately sort of destroyed family-friendly adventures with his PG-13 rating. There's so few of them now. Whereas in the 80s, yeah. there was one that came out every well, week. I mean, also, I mean, a, lar- a large part of the problem now in particular, though, is that it's clear that, you know, Hollywood as it exists right now is 
doesn't understand how to make a family-friendly adventure anymore. Because you because you look at like Zookeeper, the structure of Zookeeper and you know Popper's Penguins, and it, it's there's this huge disconnect between the uh, adventuresome elements that you know uh, that kids enjoy, and it's it's jammed in with this like ponderous adult drama that is meaningless. And that, right. that kids aren't going to relate to, and adults aren't going to care about. But for some reason, you know, that's that's that, that's kind of the structure of how these things are made now. And you know, it's instead of making it an adventure with the penguins or an adventure with the talking animals, it's every now and then here's something to amuse the kids, and then we're going to you know try and present some sort of like you know half-assed adult comedy. But, but those are different. Right. I mean, it's sort of different points. I guess I'm a little confused because it. It wasn't an adventure movie. I mean, it was a straight comedy. Well, yeah, that's true. So, uh, well, he's talking about making movies for families, and what are what is mostly being made now is also still missing the mark. Uh, I think that I, it's a different point than what I was making, but you know. It, it's so, what, still a what's good the point. theory or, or question? Well, my theory. Well, all I was saying was the irony of the, the PG thirteen rating, which Spielberg got pushed through sort of ultimately led to the an evolution of the family film, the family adventure film, becoming a PG-13 thing, which you really, as a responsible parent, can't take small children to see. Whereas you can take kids, small kids, to see E.T. You can show them Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? But, but are you talking family adventure or family films in general? We well, I was talking about family. That was just an addendum point okay. to talk, just talking about family movies in general. Um. So okay, so the PG thirteen rating, the very creation of the PG thirteen rating, sort of sent movies into a weird direction where the middle middle got cut out, and they're either like hard PG thirteen, probably should be R's, like a dark or night. piece of shit straight PG movies. Right. I mean, there there are almost no... I mean, Night of the Museum, I think those movies are actually... You know, they're PG adventure films, I think, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, they're comedic, but they're also adventure films. But for the most part, the uh, family films are... Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, which is, really isn't the worst movie of all time. Or Smurfs you know, or Yogi. Or Smurfs or yeah. Yogi, stuff like that, that they're not adventure films. Garfield. They're bringing cartoons into reality. I mean, I, I think the PG-13, what, what I was saying about the PG-13 rating is it sort of destroyed the family adventure It's it, Yeah, I the, the, okay. yeah the, 13, right. the PG-13 rating is actually removed um, f- a family adventure movie as kind of its own little subgenre yes, and kind right. of eliminated no it one's gonna in make... favor of a closer to our more adult no adventure film that oh yeah you can take your kids at to this, this point no one's gonna yeah. make no big studio is going to make a family adventure film that is rated PG yeah or G because they have Even squeezed you could that do market yeah. out right right yeah well, and they're terrified of not. Uh, they're terrified of putting money into a movie that doesn't have the hyper-edged violence for the grown-up yeah. nerds, I guess, who have kids. But so here, here, here's a question. I mean, I I agree with your points, um, but I was just sort of in my mind going, "All right, well, I'm not in favor of the rating system in general, mm-hmm. but you're a dad now. Yeah. Do you find it seems you find it helpful?" Like, would you be in favor of eliminating the uh, MPAA? 
in favor of it. Yeah. The way it's run. I mean, it. it yeah, the way it's run. I, the now, way it's yeah. run. Yes. But but I think I. I mean, well, that's change. You mean that's changing the rules? I'm saying eliminating it. Um, eliminating it. Well, the way right now, yes. But if it was, I think when it was simpler, when it was G, P, G, R, and X. It was more clear what you were getting, and it, and it's always going to be imperfect. But there's yeah. so the PG thirteen rating and the NC seventeen rating have muddied the water so much, and there I think there are PG thirteen movies that are closer to PG, um, adventure films of yore, but they're very rare. The Smurfs are probably PG, right? Yeah, the Smurfs will be yeah, PG. probably NC seventeen. Poppers is probably PG. Poppers was PG. Yeah, yeah, those movies are PG. Um, those I think are more uh, comedies than they are. Uh, maybe they should be like a, maybe they should be like a PGA, like PG Adventure. Maybe you know what I mean. Just to know you're going to get some some more sort of dramatic, some kind of suspenseful elements or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I I mean I think it's more you know there. I mean the pro- the problem now is is the way the MPA rates. Movies. I mean, you know, yeah. when it rates a movie like The Dark Knight PG thirteen instead of R, yeah, that's that's it's ludicrous. It's yeah, it 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 makes the actual ratings worthless and, and it's, uninformative. It's studio lobbying. I mean, yeah. when when you then make, I mean, obviously this point has been made a hundred times, but when you make the King's Speech R, because it, it's I would take any kid to that movie, yeah. but it contains one run of yeah. fuck words. Yeah. One yeah. run, which in in the context of the it movie, a kid is going to find hilarious, and a kid is also going to understand the context of that run, where it's like, yeah, he, you know, he knows he's not supposed to say these words right. in yeah. public and with people, but he's frustrated and wants to, you know, just scream his head off. That's something right. I think a kid would actually understand. Well, Colby also, my son who's five, understands uh, swears he, like a sailor. He does. Well, he doesn't curse. He he has cursed, and we've explained to him, you don't want to say that and mix company because it's going to offend people, and he gets that. Mm-hmm. So when he he- hears bad words in movies, for one, we don't suddenly cover his ears. I yeah. think that's the worst mistake. If someone says shit, you can't go, ah, ah, because then the kid is going to start going. It gives going, power oh, to the word. Yeah, it gives power to the yeah. word. So we don't even acknowledge it, and he doesn't seem to process it. Because there's plenty of other words that he doesn't know that the people say in movies, just because he doesn't know the definitions of words yet, a lot of them. So, yeah, I I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm sort of sad that, I, that there isn't more, that I do have to go back to the 80s and find stuff like Flight of the Navigator and Explorers and all those things to watch with my kid. And there isn't newer stuff that isn't, you know, cartoons being brought into live action movies. Not, nothing against, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Maybe, maybe Smurfs will be a lot of fun. I don't know. But it would just be nice to have, you know, more ETs and more Close Encounters now that aren't PG-13. Because Super 8 was supposed to be an homage to those movies. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was too intense, it was too violent, and and it's it, it just too scary. I mean, the monster was horrifying, and uh, I don't know, you just, you can't take a little kid to I that. think a way to, way to solve that would be partially to, if film companies would t- really take a page from Pixar, and now a few of the other animation studios, and spend as much time on screenplay and story as yeah, they I as agree. Pixar and Blue Sky and and you know whoever else and yeah, but, yeah Pixar animation. especially I mean they have they have it down to a science right but they they force the DreamWorks and Blue Sky yeah. and those other animation yeah. companies to step their game to up. step their game yeah. up I mean if you look at Bolt 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bolt is, I think, almost just as good as, well, as a Pixar movie. Well, because that was wasn't that the first movie that went through like when Pixar merged and John Lasseter kind of was the became yeah, the Uber guy. Was, yeah. I'm not sure, but I know they they had hi- his influence. I think they hired Dan Fogelman. They yeah. hired a really great screenwriter, yeah. a very solid screenwriter. But I think they brought in a lot of the the the, the you know the, their technique. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, helps. and they and they go after good screenwriters yeah. or people they yeah. they they you know Pixar took the Little Miss Sunshine guy. Mm-hmm. And and worked with him for like four years, gave him a movie. You know, it's and speaking of Pixar and action, I mean the action sequences, even though they're animated, in in The Incredibles are some of the best action yeah. sequences that I've seen in years. Yeah, and now that I wouldn't have seen Mission Impossible for if not for the fact that it's being directed by Brad Bird. So I think family films should take uh, take a page from the animated studios and do yeah. that. And no, I they think, I think that would that would up the game of of even even shit movies like the Smurfs, you know, or or Yogi Bear. Wait, this Smurfs hasn't come out yet. It could be a wonderful picture. It could be wonderful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, let's, but yeah, let's it, reserve judgment. <laughs> but I, but I think the ratings board and the greed of studios um, to to you know hit all four quadrants as best as they can, which e- with each movie has squeezed out the middle of the road PG adventure yeah. movies, and yeah, it's unfortunate. But I, but there's a, I, I, you know but I think there's actually there's a huge market for that. I mean, if you could do it right, yeah, I, I totally do agree. Do it Pixar I mean, style. I, I, I hate to think that I'm alone. I'm the only dad who thinks these things. It'd be cool to take my kids to an adventure film. It would be great. And and uh, was Super Eight PG thirteen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, it could have been PG, and I think it could have had a a sense of wonder that was somehow missing. Um. I think it was a valiant effort. It just didn't quite work. Right. But it also would have been more of a valiant effort, I think, if it, you know they were toning it down for a PG. Well, but I also think that at this point, the studios, even if they had a PG movie, would choose a PG-13 rating. I think, I think the fear is you're going to lose. Yeah. I, I think probably studies show that more peop- you'll, you'll cut off more audience by making it PG. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, that that's, that's true. A big but pro- I, I think that's I, yeah. the main problem. Yeah, and well, st- that's why, statistics yeah. rule how movies are rated now. Yeah, what and they choose to go for. And yeah, it's it has nothing it has very little to do with the actual content. I, I, I guarantee there are movie studios who have petitioned MP- AA who've been giving PG and petitioned for a higher rating. Yeah. for a PG thirteen. Huh. Okay. Because but honestly, the big segment of the population, if they saw it was PG, wouldn't go. If they right, PG-13. teenagers wouldn't go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if PG thirteen no longer ex- didn't exist, then it, right, you know. let's kill PG thirteen. I agree, and NC seventeen because uh, you know that's a whole other podcast though. That's that's a whole other podcast. Uh, so, well, thanks for talking family films, guys. Absolutely, I, that was nice. It was a delight. I, I enjoyed it. If you I haven't seen a, a Col- Colby uh, Anderson review, Mr. Popper's Penguins, check it out. Yeah, go filmpigs.com. It's pretty amazing. Yes, it's under the movie review vlogs. So uh, now it's time to uh, go to the uh, courtroom for uh, a trial. There's uh, well, there might be music. Okay. Anyway, so uh, this is a, a nice. movie jail. Nice. Uh, yeah. This. 
this is his movie jail. Uh, this week, uh, Steve Skelton is going to put a uh, movie professional on trial for crimes against cinema. And uh, the jury of two, which is Steve Falk and me, will decide whether or not we put that person uh, in the Robert De Niro penitentiary. Steve Skelton. Your Honor, if it please the court, um, I was looking for someone that, you know, had at least some sort of... Uh, family-friendly movies in their in their oeuvre uh, at some point, and also someone, you know, who had done some excellent work at some point mm-hmm. in their career and has kind of fallen off the rails mm-hmm. and needs a correction. So uh, this episode uh, stands director, producer, cinematographer Barry Sonnenfeld accused of crimes against cinema. Mm-mm. Now, the defendant... Mr. Sonnenfeld, he began his Hollywood career in the early 80s as a cinematographer and spent the next decade honing his craft uh, on popular and or classic films such as Blood Simple, 1984, Raising Arizona, 87, Throw Mama from the Train, 87, Nice. Uh, Big, 88, When Harry Met Sally, 89, Miller's Crossing, 90, Misery, 90. Um, and the, the three Colin Brothers movies alone, the Blood Simple, Racing Arizona, and Miller's Crossing, just that's solidified as bona fides as a cinematographer who was capable of producing different visual styles, um, you know, to support the subject, or at the very least as a cinematographer who could take in the direction from, uh, you know, uh, gifted filmmakers and you realize he's, visually what they he's want. He's great visually. Yeah. He has a big, big flavors on that guy. He has big flavors, big, bold, bold flavors, bold big, bold flavors. flavors. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, I mean, I'm basically, if you're the go-to cinematographer for the Coen brothers, you know what you're doing. You know, right. that's just yes. the bottom line. So, I mean, that decade, you know, yeah. was really fucking it's him impressive. That, him then Deacons. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, you're like, holy shit. And, and, uh, and then he's... <clears throat> The the quality of his work uh, takes a turn um, for the uh, worse, um, but mostly financially successful, as he transitions from cinematographer to the director slash producer roles, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and as he abandons cinematography um, for... Uh, uh, the driver's seats. So he gets starting in 91 um, with The Addams Family, as uh, the director, which was a hugely successful, it was like 191 million gross, um, uh, big successful movie. For Love or Money, 93, the Michael J. Fox gigantic bomb that was pulled four weeks after release. What was that? It was pulled four weeks after release. I remember it. It was one of many Michael J. Fox films. Yeah, that, like, it, 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 made, it made just under $11 million. Jeez, okay. Total. He directed that um, yeah. or produced it? Directed it. Wow. Um, Adam's Family Values, 93, is the director. Um, uh, and only, I think it only got about $48 million, uh, gross. It was not nearly as successful as Adam's Family. Although I think it was critically um, a little... Uh, but didn't it have the MC Hammer theme? They do what they want to do. I know. They want to play. And how can you miss with that? The Adam Family. Uh, get, uh, get, shorty in, get Shorty in 95, I believe, was, it looked like it was his first director slash producer role. Um, which, you know, it... That's a, it was like actually critically successful. I don't think it's that great, no. and it was in a 115 million gross. Has um, but he really, I mean, he hit his his big hit. You know, of course, was 97 or 90, yeah, 97 Men in Black, um, 589 million. Um, and then he was an exact producer on uh, Out of Sight in 98. 
Um, good so, movie. Yeah. Good movie. So yeah. So no. It's, I mean, that, that was when he you know hit. And Men in Black, you know, while it's not a great movie, it's a really entertaining movie uh, that's like got that. a bunch of fun performances. Yeah. So it's like you know I, I give him credit for that. Then then the plunge. Nineteen ninety nine director slash producer. Wild Wild West. Oh jeez. Oh West James West yeah. Desperado Rough Riders. No, you don't want none of. <laughs> you need to. None you of need this. to stop. Artemis, brother, Your Honor. This. Your Honor. I object. Sorry. Sorry, I I object. Sorry. I'm under. <laughs> I'm in contempt. <laughs> contempt for rapping the Wild Wild West song. Sorry. Which sorry. is already contempt for rapping. <laughs> I apologize. Um, and then Big Trouble, 2002, director producer. Um, that was derailed by the September 11th. What was that? That was another uh, Elmore Leonard adaptation, mm. but it was about... That was Tim Allen, right? Yeah, Tim Allen. Wilson. And Stanley Tucci's in it. Yeah, Tucci's uh, in it. Okay. I, remember, um, I remember the... Tra- I Because of a line reading Stanley Tucci gave in that trailer, I went to see that movie. Because <laughs> it made me laugh so hard, but in context, it wasn't funny. We should pull that for... Uh, yes, that's a good point. Then, uh, then 2002, Men in Black 2. Men in Black 2. Much, much, oh much my worse. gosh. Yeah. I may have a conflict of interest. I don't know if I can weigh in uh, as a juror, uh, Your Honor. Uh, because You're the, I auditioned for Men in Black 2. Oh, and oh. I auditioned for Barry Sonnenfeld, and he told me uh, I was like a young David Letterman. And then he didn't cast you. No, he cast himself in the part. Yeah. So, so he felt he was more like an old David Letterman. So, so clearly, I have prejudices already. <laughs> uh, Two thousand four, he was a producer on the Lady Killers, one of the uh, handful uh, of Coen Brothers misfires, Jesus. large misfires. Uh, Two thousand four, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, unfortunate movie. Uh, Two thousand six, <laughs> director of the Robin Williams vehicle RV. Oh, RV. Oh. Producer on Enchanted in 2007 that we hated but was hugely successful. We walked out. Um, and then uh, 2008, he was a producer on Space Chimps. A movie space about chimps? movie about space chimps. Yeah, it's a cartoon, isn't it? It's, I think it's a cartoon, yeah. And uh, now we're waiting on his the rumor to be riddled with gigantic issues, Men in Black 3, that has shot and stopped shooting for script retoolings and is shooting again and and I'm sure it's going to be really great. The defense is trying to make a deal uh, already. Uh, I'm going to I recommend we make him sit down and hear the whole thing. There will be no deal. There will be no deal. So, um, you can't plead this one out, Barry. Yeah. It's become clear that the defendant, Mr. Sonnenfeld, is an accomplished cinematographer that has major creative issues as a film director and or producer. Put simply, the movies he directs are generally a giant mess, and the ones he produces are flat and lifeless. Although he seems to have had more success as a television director, with his Emmy for Pushing Daisies, is a is a is directing uh, hmm. that show. Um, however. The prosecution recognizes the contributions the defendant, Mr. Sonnenfeld, has made to cinema in his early career and asks the court to impose a sentence of no less than minimum security where the defendant, Mr. Sonnenfeld, can contemplate returning to his far more successful roots as a cinematographer. And please, for fuck's sake, no men in black four. <laughs> prosecution rests. Um, I... Guilty. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> Bet you wish you'd cast me now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's that noise? I don't, I don't what know it, what that what is. What is that? I don't know. It's... Is that my dog? It sounds so mournful. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
Huh? What? Does someone, is he sick? Does he have diarrhea? Oh, he's a vampire. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Nicolas Cage Memorial Bazaar line reading, where one of us will present this week at Stephen Falk, presents a line reading from an actor uh, from a movie that's just crazy and weird and fun. <laughs> Stephen Falk, what do you got? I love crazy, weird, and fun. So, uh, so this, uh, this is probably a guy who could be on this list five, six, seven, eight times, maybe more, maybe more long, long career in Hollywood. Uh, his name is Mr. Al Pacino. Nice. Al Pacino. Immediately, immediately your mind goes to the infinite number of choices. I'm picking, um, little line from Michael Mann film called Heat. Oh, boy. Uh, it's talking to one Hank Azaria. And, uh, well, let's just play it. Here we go. Why'd I get mixed up with that bitch? Because she got a great ass. <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh shit! I forgot that. Oh god. Uh, honestly, once I honed in on Al Pacino, it was a treasure trove. It was very hard to pick just one, but um, but the uh, the the you know we're full in. I have a long theory about Al Pacino's acting uh, that it, that after he played Ricky Roma in in Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, his acting just went to absolute shit, and he began chewing scenery in a way. He did before, but in a special kind of yeah. He kind of really way. went nuts after. That, I mean, you know, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon. There yeah. are some. There's some epic screaming in that, yeah. but there was something more grounded about it. After this, all bets were off. And then he yeah. went and did. Um, then he did uh, Dick Tracy, and he played a very similar character. And then it was just off to the races, and his who off factor, and then the Son of a Woman, yeah. and. And uh, any given Sunday, and it's great. But but let, let's just hear that one, 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 yeah, more, one time. more time. Let's get it again. I love that line. Why'd I get mixed up with that bitch? Because she got a great ass, and you got your head all the way up it. <laughs> you got your head all the way up. All it. the way up it. He's a he he like he has such a joyful growl. Yeah yeah yeah. It's awesome. When back when we had our uh, live uh, film pig stage show where we did uh, stage parodies of films, we used to have uh, previews, and and uh, one of my favorite things was Stephen Falk doing uh, a you know live uh, impersonation of the slow mo scream from any <laughs> from any Sunday. given Sunday. Yeah, it, it, the seriously, teeth, the it was teeth gnashing scream. The, yeah, like <laughs> with the just shaking jowls <laughs> and him trying to do that in slow mo, and it was hilarious. Oh, that was good stuff. If only we had a video feed right now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, do you guys feel like, um, I don't know, playing uh, some kind of game? Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't, no, that's, no. no, I have to sync this oh, up. Oh, sorry, sorry. Asshole. Right, I forget. We've changed things so much. This new technology is harder. <laughs> All right, so uh, once again, uh, as you know, I have a uh, uh, direct line to science. So science. I went what, what's the segment? It, it's the game. We're oh, doing the game. I said go. you want to play a game, and then you play oh, the yeah. music. I figure people oh, yeah. figure that out. But you don't have like a fun title for the uh, game? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to it. Jesus, all right. I developed it with science. Science. I call it, and science calls it. Science. One-line auditions. 
Oh, nice. So here's how it's uh, going to work. So you two are pitted against each other. You're uh, actors. Oh. You're actors, okay? So, uh... <laughs> so I will give you a line from a film, okay? And uh, each of you will get a turn to audition. I may make some adjustments as the casting director. Mm-hmm. I will be mm-hmm. using casting director politically correct code. For example, if you do the reading and I say, hey, could you make it a little bit more fun? That means make it more stereotypically gay. <laughs> okay? And it, I'm not going to tell you all the other codes, but you'll, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll catch on to them. Um, so uh, here's what I'll do. Let me get a Do you need my, do you need my headshot? Uh, no, we don't need headshots. Can I get it's? Can, it's I, all, can I get a new Polaroid? Because the one that was taken. Was... <laughs> no, this isn't commercial. This is theatrical. So I will give you a, a line from a film. You'll each get a chance to audition. Um, uh, here's how the points are going to work. Uh, if I book you, mm-hmm. you will get ten points. Nice. Oh, uh, is there a veil here? It, it, we call it now. <laughs> we call it. We'll put a pin in you. Because this is theatrical. It's a veil in the commercial world, but this isn't a commercial. So if I put a pin in you, that's five points. Mm. Uh, If I say, thanks for coming in, that's two points. You're not going to get the part, but it's two points. Uh, If I say, nice, that's nice, you get one point. Uh, If I say, well, it was great to see you, you get zero points. (laughs) And if I tell you you're a great actor, you get negative five points. Oh, no. All right. Uh, All right. So because of... You're scoring, right? You're giving me a score. I'll keep score. Yeah, sure. Um, because of our, our theme of uh, live action family films, um, what what uh, I, I'm pulling lines from those. So the the concept here is uh, all these aging uh, action stars mm-hmm. are now getting so old and irrelevant that they're uh, rebooting all their franchises and remaking their uh, family films with new actors. So these are uh, lines from famous action stars. Um, but don't. I'm not looking. Oh, we're for, auditioning as ourselves. I'm not, not as, looking. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. looking for impersonations. Please, no impersonations. We want you to make it your own. We're reinventing something here. So uh, number one, we'll start uh, with, with Stephen Falk. You can audition first. Uh, so you, these are family movies or no? These are family movies. I'll tell you the movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I'll tell you the star who originally said the line. Oh, yeah. And then uh, as if you you'll probably know anyway. But oh, yeah. and then I'll tell you the line. Oh, yeah. So uh, Steve Falk, come into the room. Come into the room. <clears throat> what was that weird thing you did with your mouth? That was out in the hall. Oh, you okay. I, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Didn't you see a mime opening the door? <laughs> so here we go. Uh, this is a line from a movie called The Pacifier, which uh, <laughs> uh, was originally uh, uh, starred uh, Vin Diesel. Uh, here's the line. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. He's gonna win because he, he he's gonna win this one because he has the silky Vin Diesel voice. And he I does. Don't. He yeah. does. Well, we'll see. Because we're not we're not looking to recreate Vin Diesel here, just the pacifier itself. Uh, the line is, Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure your kids are, oh my God, he bit me. Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure your kids are, oh my God, he bit me. I like your passion. Can you make it a little bit more street? <laughs> Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure your kids are, Oh, dang, he bit me. Mm. Uh, wait, um, nice. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, well, Ske- uh, Steve Skelton, you... you. Hi, hi, how are you? Yeah, okay. You, the line is, mm-hmm. from the pacifier, mm-hmm. Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure your kids are, oh my God, he bit me. <clears throat> All right. 
Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure your kids... Ah, oh, he bit me! Uh, that was nice. Uh, you yeah. forgot the oh my god part of the line. It's, uh, Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure your kids are oh my god. Oh, he, oh, he bit me. We, right. we, don't, we don't go off book. Sorry, now. I'm sorry about that. It's no improv. We respect the writer. Try again. <clears throat> Mrs. Plummer, I will personally make sure that your kids... Oh my God! He bit me! Could you um, make it a little smaller? Okay, okay. I, think, smaller. okay. I, I can do that, I can do that. <clears throat> Mrs. Plummer... I will personally make sure your kids are... Oh, my God. He bit me. Hmm. Okay, well, thanks for coming in, Mr. Skelton. <laughs> that was that was great. That was great. Um, okay. Um, all right, we'll start with uh, Mr. Skelton. Come in this, uh, the room. Um, this is a line from a movie called uh, The Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy. Which originally uh, starred a man named Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Here is the line. <clears throat> you can't handle the tooth. And that's the tooth. The whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. <clears throat> you can't handle the tooth, and that's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. Hmm. Could you uh, just have a little more fun with it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I think, you know. Um. <clears throat> You can't handle the tooth. And that's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. Okay. You're, you're a great uh, great actor. Great actor. Thank you. Uh, Stephen Falk, could you please come into the room? <clears throat> um, okay, so this is a line from The Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just so you know, a lot of the actors have been coming in and have been playing it stereotypically gay. I'm not sure why. And that is a really... <laughs> It just sounds it's, wrong it's to me. Offensive. I mean, I'm, I don't mean offensive. to. Um, so uh, it, the line is, you can't handle the tooth, mm-hmm. and that's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. Mm-hmm. And you can't handle the truth. Fuck. May I start over? Sip, please, take your time. Do you need a moment? No. You can't handle the tooth, and that's the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. You know, we're going to put a pin in you. I'm going to call your agent. We're, we're putting a pin. We're oh, thanks put very much. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, we'll go uh, go back to Steve Skelton. Yes. Um, this uh, is uh, from uh, The Spy Next Door. Fantastic. Uh, originally a part played by Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Very familiar with his work. Uh, here's the line. I've brought down <clears throat> dictators. How bad can three kids be? <clears throat> all right, all right. <clears throat> I've brought down dictators. How bad can three kids be? Nice. Can you make it much, much bigger? (laughs) Okay. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I've brought down dictators. I'm sorry. What was the line again? Uh, I've brought down dictators. How bad can three kids be? be? Make it really big. Really big. Really big. Okay. And one more adjustment. I want it to be really big, but imagine that your entire family was just killed in a bus accident. (laughs) Excellent. All right. How bad can three kids be? But really big. I've brought down dictators. How bad can three kids be? Big dictators. Okay. I've brought down dictators. How 
three kids be. Congratulations, Mr. Skelton. We're going to book you. I will call your agent. Thank you. Thank you you very, very much. Uh, Obviously, there's no need to uh, read anyone else for that. Do you have uh, any lozenges? No. Um, uh, Steve Falk. Oh, hi. Um, Hi, I I just, uh, sorry, I just saw uh, Steve Skelton out in the (laughs) lobby, and uh, he was doing heroin. Was he? Yeah. Really? It was just so weird. He was like, I booked that stupid job, and then he like shot himself uh, in the arm with the needle. I'm just saying, maybe I, I, we should call his family. Oh, well, I'll call his agent. I'll okay. look into that. Okay. But you, I, I don't know. We'll, uh, I'll call his. No, agent. I'm just concerned. He's it such really... a great actor. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank. Thank you for Usually, that. That's important. Uh, okay. No, I'm gonna. We'll look into that. Okay. Thanks. Uh, in the meantime, he's under contract, so there's not a lot I can do just yet. Uh, okay. So uh, this is for uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, uh, a role originated by Nick Cage. Great. Great. I love Nick. Yeah, but remember, no impersonations. No, we're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you will not control your magic if you will not control yourself. You will not control your magic if you will not control yourself. I like it. It's very uh, real. And ge- Could you make it a little bit more like Nick Cage? <laughs> Same level, same energy, just a little bit more like Nick Cage. You will not control your magic if you will not control yourself. I love it. You're booked. (laughs) You're booked. That's a booking for you. Thank you so much. That's a booking. So uh, obviously there's no need to read anyone else for that. Steve Skelton, if you could uh, come into the room. Uh, This is a a part. uh, Congratulations, by the way, on your Spy Next Door booking. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. Um, You know, a lot of people are a little bit worried about you right now. Oh, Do you know about that? No. uh, No? Uh, Can I see your arm? Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just can't show you my feet. Is that makeup on... Okay. All right. Uh, so this is for uh, Spy Kids Three. Game mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 line is, and this is Sylvester Stallone. All right. uh, originally, All right. uh, he's the bad guy in yeah, this movie. Yeah. Originally okay. played the bad guy. Uh, I don't mind talking to myself, but when you guys start to cut me out of the conversation, that's when it gets a little strange. Okay. So okay, you're, 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 you're a bad guy. You're a bad cut guy. Cut me out of the conversation. That's when it gets a little strange. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't mind talking to myself, but when you guys cut me out of the conversation, that's when it gets a little strange. Nice, nice. Uh, can you can you bring, cut it ha- en- half the energy? Half the energy. Oh, half the half energy. energy. <clears throat> I don't mind talking to myself, but when you guys cut me out of the conversation, that's when it gets a little strange. Hmm. No. no uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Um, okay, Steve uh, Falk, come into the room, please. Hey. Uh, this is from Spy Kids 3, Game Over. Okay. Uh, the line is, I don't mind talking to myself, but when you guys start to cut me out of the conversation, that's when it gets a little strange. And before you even start, mm-hmm. we really want you to have fun with it, but keep it small. <laughs> I don't mind talking to myself. But when you guys cut me out of the conversation, that's when it gets a little strange. Nice. 
Nice. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, That's actually three points because I gave you two of the notes. So that was nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, get Thanks. out. All right. Uh, actually, we'll stick. We'll stick. Steve Fall, come back in the room. We got another movie uh, that you know, I just realized you might be good for this one as well. Um, sorry, I just uh, I saw one of your other auditioners um, trying to break into a Lexus outside. Steve Skelton. Skelton. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff going around about him. I will look into that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, me, I don't want to tell just, tale out of me, turn. Let, I'm let, just, let me uh, I'm call, uh, uh, assist, Assistant June. June, yeah, could you see if anyone's breaking into a Lexus outside? And if it's Steve Skelton, let me know. Thank you. June's so lovely. She okay. is a nice girl. Um, so this is from uh, Cop and a Half. Cop uh, and, half. and the role was originated by Burt Reynolds. Oh, I know well. Here we go. The mm-hmm. line is, we do not have a love-hate relationship. We have a hate-hate relationship. We do not have a love-love relationship. You're a great actor. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming which, in. Which one's your car? Steve, Alec- Steve, is it Alexis? Steve, Steve Skelton, could you come in the room? Yeah, Thank absolutely. you, Mr. Falk. Steve Skelton. Hey, from- hey, I just saw uh, Steve Falk out there. Uh, was that, is that who I saw out there? Yeah, Steve Falk. It's, yeah, I think just, it's really great that um, he's a great actor. Uh, no, he's a great. He's I just fantastic. I just told him he was. No, a great he's, actor. he's terrific, and I think it's really great that you guys are bringing him in, especially all that after all that trouble you had running that dogfighting ring. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. There's a lot. I need to. June, uh, assistant June. Oh, she's out uh, checking on the Lexus. Remind me before you leave that I need to talk to. June oh, absolutely, about that. absolutely. Uh, this is from Cop and a Half. Cop the line and a half. is: We do not have a love hate relationship. We have a hate hate relationship. We, have a, we do not have a love hate relationship. Okay. <clears throat> you know, we do not have a love-hate relationship. We have a hate-hate relationship. I'm putting a pin in you. I'm going to put a pin. I'm calling your uh, agent. I'm putting Good. a pin in you. Uh, hey, while I have you in the yeah, room, yeah. Um, this is uh, this is another movie I'm, I'm casting right okay. now. I think it might be good for this part. Great. It's uh, uh, called Sidekicks. Oh. And the original film, uh, the role was uh, played by a, a man named Chuck Norris. Ah, the fabulous Chuck. Yeah. Um, and um, the line is, come on, Barry. That's it. Use your legs. Okay, okay. Come mm-hmm. there and that's it. Mm-hmm. Use your legs. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, just give me a second here. <clears throat> Come on, Barry. That's it. Use your legs. I think you should be more uh, stern, stoic, less emotion. Okay, fantastic. I can do that. Come on, Barry. That's it. Use your legs. Mm, a little less angry, just because right. remember you're that's talking good. to a yeah. kid. Okay, a fantastic. Child. Come on, Barry. That's it. Use your legs. Huh. <laughs> Great to see you, Steve Skelton. Great to see you. Great, thank you. Great, Great to see you. you. Um, I'm gonna go uh, find June. <laughs> tell her. Tell her I need to see her. Uh, hey, Steve Falk, come on into the hey, room. Hey, hey. Um, this is uh, this is from a movie called Look Who's Talking. Uh, the role was originated by action uh, star Bruce Willis. Mm. Um, the line is: "This has got to be the weirdest day of my life." <laughs> Well, so far. And remember, you're a baby. This has got to be the weirdest day of my life. Well, so far. Hmm. I like what you're doing. Could you... um, I just want to add a little flavor uh, here. Um, Could you do it as Bruce Willis's alter ego, Bruno the Singer? (laughs) 
This has got to be the weirdest day of my life. Well, so far, Seagram's. Nice. Sorry about that improv at the end. Nice. No, that was nice. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was weird that you brought in a corporate product. Um, but, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to put a pin in you. I'm putting a pin oh, in you. Uh, I will uh, be um, in touch. Uh, just we'll, we'll one, one question. Do you know if June's single? Yeah, she's very, okay. very single. Thank you. Aggressively single. Thanks. Good to see you. Um, Steve Skelton. Yeah. Uh, this is from... Uh, hey, if you ever need your dog's walk, just let me know, because oh, that's a thing uh, I do. Uh, you thanks. Know, yeah, I, yeah. That, thanks. Uh, <laughs> this is from Look Who's Talking. Uh, right. This has got to be the weirdest day of my life, well, so far. Okay. And remember, you're a baby. I'm a baby. You're, this is the, uh, okay. the voice, inner okay. voice of a baby. This has got to be the weirdest day of my life. Well... So far. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for coming in. <laughs> that was, yeah, thanks. Uh, all right. Um, hey, Steve Falk, come into the room. Oh, I'm so, uh, I just saw the most horrible thing. What's that? What did you see? Oh, God. What? Uh, Steve Skelton was out there kicking a dog. <laughs> that's what's wrong that's with that guy maybe you miss, uh, you just missed, no, he because he's a, do- he's he a professional heel, dog heel, walker. And then he kicked him in the face. That's Jeez, that's oh. not the kind of behavior you would expect. I will notate that. I do not want I him walking June on our next day. Walking my dog. Uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. That's I'm gonna okay. shake it off. That's okay. Off. That's okay. Leave leave you know what? Can it's you outside. can you gotta leave stuff outside, outside of the room. Just okay. come in, focus. Uh, this is from a movie called Old Dogs. Uh, the role was originated <laughs> by John Travolta. Okay, sorry. Uh, yes. Can we, I got are it. you no okay? Old dogs was... Do you need time? Because no, if here. you want to go back out, I can bring the next guy in. That's so weird. No, I'm right here. I'll bring you in. Ne- okay. I'm good. Thank all right, you. all right, all right. Uh, the line is the kids have never seen Friday the 13th parts one or two. The kids have never seen Friday the 13th parts one or two. You're a great actor. Great actor. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. <laughs> that was marvelous. Uh, Steve Skelton. Yeah, hey. Uh, hey, old, you know what? I'd just like to say um, uh, it's been you great. You know, I'm, a, I'm on a time okay, crunch no, that's here. Okay, no, that's great. I've yeah, got, yeah. I've got, a, I've got yeah. all these major features yeah. to cast, no, and I have a very small pool of actors for some yeah. reason. Uh, old dogs. The kids <clears throat> have never seen Friday the 13th Parts 1 or 2. Well, the kids have never seen Friday the 13th. I'm going to stop you just yeah, for a sec. Yeah. Can you make it more street and more fun? <laughs> Please. No, it's not a problem. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You That's, were doing great. No, 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 I just, no. You inspired me to give you a direction. These are, these are, great, these are great notes. Yeah, it's, it's always good to get it's notes. It's not, not going to be a problem. <sighs> you know, the kids... Have never seen Friday the Thirteenth, Part One. Why are you writing? What are you writing? I'm nothing. I'm just. What? Don't. Okay, you've gotten distracted. Do you need time? Do you want to take no, some no, time? No, 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 no. All right, not, let's okay. try. Let's, let's try. try. Just do it. Don't pay attention to me. You just get wrapped up in your performance, please. Focus. <laughs> please. Hey, the kids have never seen Friday the Thirteenth before. Part One or Two. Um, <laughs> that's nice. It's very nice. That was nice. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Puerto Rican John Travolta. Oh, 
Jesus. All right. Oh. We're, all right. We're about to. We're about. We're coming to the end of this thing. All right. Steve Fall, come into the room. This is from a movie called Dragonheart. Role originated by Sean Connery. Oh, thank you very much. It's been stuck down there for months. Can you get your buttocks off my tongue? Oh, thank you very much. It's been down there for months. Can you get your buttocks off my tongue? Nice. I I, I liked it. I want the same energy, but um, lose the macho. <laughs> get vulnerable. Don't be afraid to cry. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's been down there for months. Uh, can you get your buttocks off my tongue? All right. Well, it was great to see you, Steve. Uh, Steve Skelton, come yeah. into the room. Oh, great. Uh, this is uh, from a film called Dragonheart. Yes. Uh, the line is, oh, thank you very much. It's been stuck down there for months. Can mm-hmm. you get your buttocks off of my tongue? Okay. All right. All right. Let's give this one a whirl. <clears throat> Oh, thanks. That's been stuck down there for months. Hey, can you get your buttocks off my tongue? Um. If you have any adjustments, I mean, I am. I don't, but I'd like you to just do it again. Fantastic. All right. <clears throat> oh, thanks. That's been stuck down there for months. Can you get your buttocks off my tongue? Can you do it again, but exactly like the first time you did it? Sure. Great. Let's hear it. Oh, thanks. That's been stuck down there for months. Hey, can I get your buttocks off my tongue? Thanks for coming in. That was nice. Right, right. Steve Falk is a piece of shit. (laughs) All right, now I'm I'm crunched for time, and I got one more major motion picture to cast. Um, and I learned this trick uh, back in my commercial casting days. So I'm going to have two actors audition for the same role at the exact same time. <laughs> the, the movie is Kindergarten Cop, and the line is, "It's not a tumor." It's not, it's not a tumor. A tumor. Uh, can you guys make this, just make it more fun? <clears throat> it's, it's not, not a, a tumor. tumor. Make it more street this time. Yo, Yo it's, it's not, not a tumor, tumor motherfucker. Make it, make it very small. Make it very small. It's not, it's not, a, not a tumor. tumor. It's not a tumor. Make it broad and hilarious. It's, it's not, not a tumor. A tumor. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go ahead and book both of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, High five. Uh, slow fry, free fry. Slow free fry, free fry. <laughs> Tango cash. Uh, let's see. Falk, you have 16, uh, 19, 24. I think you have the edge. 34. Um, Skeleton, mm. you have 12, 14, 19, 21, 22, 25, 35. What? You won by one point. Oh. But, but he kills dogs. No, you're the dog fighter. Yeah. Oh. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> ask you both to do this improv bit. 
a little bit with a little bit more fun. Can you do it? Can you have more fun? <laughs> but he You're killed such dogs. a dog. <laughs> he a dog. You dogs. It's disgusting. I hate it. Woof. All right. That was a fun game. Thanks, guys. That was a huge, oh huge improv. It was very exciting. Yeah, no, that was. Um, okay, it's time for the bottom five. All right, uh, these are the worst live-action family films I have ever seen. Fantastic. Um, number one is Spy Kids 3, Game Over. E. Number two is The Toy. Mm. Not because it's not funny, just because it's, it's one of the most racist, racist things yeah. I've ever seen. Um, oh, owning a black man? Uh, <laughs> masturbate? Uh, the masturbating jokes are fine. Yeah. It's the, the, it's black, racism, the right? black stuff. It's a, it's actually a really creepy movie in addition to being racist. Um, and by George Lucas's own excuse that he made these movies for kids, I'm obligated to say the in- <clears throat> entire Star Wars prequel trilogy, but mm. I'm just counting that as one because I also want to list Yogi Bear and <laughs> The Zookeeper. Um, Apple bottom jeans <laughs> with the curves <laughs> on my framework looking at her. And now it's time for a moment of positivity. Now, I don't want people to think that I'm down on all modern family films. So I And there are some adventure films out there that I, I rather enjoyed in the last few years. One of which is uh, Jean Favreau's uh, Zathura, ah, yeah, which is about a space um, Jumanji. Yeah, it's space Jumanji, but it's actually a better movie than Jumanji. Yeah, I, I actually, um, it is Jumanji. and the effects are better, and it's more fun. Even though it has Dax Shepard in it, it's in spite of Dax Shepard. And you know, Dax Shepard works in the movie. Yeah, it, he's it, fine. It's he's it, fine. it's and it, you know, Favreau's direction of that, and also he did Alf. I, I think his kids' movies are honestly my favorite. I like Favreau yeah, I like movies. Elf. Um, so and then the other movies that I saw very recently that I was super surprised about uh, were the Night at the Museum movies. Hmm. I thought they were a lot of fun and very imaginative and had higher energy. And I was expecting, you know, the kind of sad sack Ben Stiller meet the parents performance. But instead, uh, I got it, it seemed like he was having fun despite himself. So uh, I recommend those if if you like uh, family films. Right on. All right. That's it. That's the Film Picks uh, podcast. Thanks. Thanks for listening. It's been fun. Thank you very much. That's been stuck down there for months. Now would you please get your butt off my tongue? You the man now, dog. Thanks, Adam Blau, for the music. Adam. And thanks, all you action stars, for doing those movies so we could have fun with them. Oh, do we have any plugs? Are there any plugs? Watch Weeds, yes. Watch yeah, Weeds. Weeds is oh, my episode. My first episode of the season. Next Monday. The, uh, shit. It's like August 2nd or something. Thanks for the specific yeah, date. Thanks for being yeah, clear about it. It's great. Uh, yeah. Let's check it out. It, it's, it's Monday. Next, it's Monday. So right. You set your TBRs it's for Mon- August 2nd or something. August 1st. Monday, August 1st, 10 o'clock on Showtime. <laughs> nice. I am the last one. <laughs> <laughs> any other plugs? You got any plugs? Uh, no, no. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, well, you know, if you're looking for something to do, uh, check out jogibits.com. Look at some of our classic sketches. And uh, you can also go to my website, toddrobertanderson.com, and order my books. You and can also, also search Google for books. <laughs> and if you don't follow us on Twitter, you should. At Stephen Paul. At Todd Robert. Tom, Tom Sling Dog. Easy to spell. And uh, at Stephen J. Skelton. All very good things. Oh, the music's done. All right. Bye.